Welcome to Live Unreal with Jeff Glover and Glover U. Okay. <laughs> so I went back to talk to Big Ben and I said, hey, we got to strategize my walkout song. He's like, no, 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 I got you. And I said, what's it going to be? He's like, oh, I'm not telling you. He's like, I have the perfect song for you. And so um, love that, Big Ben. Thank you so much. Also, uh, nothing quite like discovering five minutes ago that you're actually on at 9.30 and not 11. So initially, as, I, as I'm preparing, I'm like, wow, these events just keep getting better and better. And I can't believe it. I feel so lucky. Jeff brought Dame and John in to open up for me. I feel so special. <laughs> and, and now in hindsight, this makes more sense. So I'm going to be sharing with you guys today a topic that I'm really passionate about. And I'll be honest with you, I've shied away from it in the past. And I've shied away from this topic for a couple reasons. Number one, in the last few years, we've gotten away with building a business based on what's going on around us. And I'll be honest, I'm an analytical individual. I love the numbers. And we've gotten away from building a business based on numbers because of the success the market's given us. And so oftentimes when I'm doing these main stage segments, Jeff and I always have a brainstorming session on what is it the audience needs to hear from us? What are we seeing in our clients right now? And what is the best message for them for us to help them have the best 2024? And so of course I started my brainstorming listing three, five, six, seven keys. You know, I always like to do one big content session and figure out what's most important to share. But I kept coming back to this point around the numbers and I couldn't quite move past it. And, and the more that I was, I was thinking about it and collecting my thoughts around it, the more we collectively decided that this is the message we need to hear right now going into 2024. So my segment today is about owning the numbers and winning the year, okay? Owning the numbers and winning the year. And, when I think about this topic and why we're talking about it and why it's important, there's a couple things that come to mind. Number one, which we talked about before, we have succeeded in the market despite ourselves in the last couple of years. We've succeeded because interest rates are great, everybody wants to buy, everybody wants to sell. And by the way, that's not a problem. But it becomes a problem when the market shifts and we get away from understanding where our business comes from and what we need to do to create predictable success in 2024. Who here wants to predict their success in 2024? Who here was surprised or maybe disappointed with what 2023 gave them? It's okay, don't be shy, several of us. So what I'm hoping to share with you guys today is gonna to be the keys to bridge the gap between what you say you want to achieve in 2024 and what you have the ability to control, okay? So we're gonna start with this. Where are my slides? Okay, so I'm gonna to confess to you guys. The last time I ever did a slide presentation, I think I was a senior in college, and so um, this is what it is. So if I, if, I, if I look confused, it's because I am. So we're gonna talk about a data-driven business. What is the value of a data-driven business? Number one, it's gonna change our feelings about how we're doing 
to forecasts. It takes the feelings of what we're doing and turns them into forecasts. We no longer have to feel like we're winning or losing. We can actually learn our numbers, know our numbers, and know with certainty how we're performing. The next point here, it's gonna stop the guesswork. It's gonna stop the guesswork. It's gonna allow us to see where are we winning, where are we losing, and where do we need to double down to get more out of the efforts we're putting out there. Of course, my favorite point, it's going to create a business full of peace rather than stress of unknowing. Peace rather than stress. Now here's, here's why I talk about that. Even if you're not performing the way you'd like to perform or you're not getting the numbers you'd like to get, you can, you can take a peace in knowing why. And you can take peace in understanding what might need to change in order to control your performance for the year. Last but not least, this is really important. Knowing your numbers allows you to stay ahead of your business plan, not behind it. In, in our one-on-one in our, uh, -on -one coaching, we, we talk about the numbers all the time, and I'll be very transparent with you guys. In the last 18 to 24 months, as a coaching staff, we've put a heavier emphasis on making sure that before we get into all of the other fun stuff of coaching, we have to understand the client's numbers, why they're succeeding, why they're losing, so that we can properly help them scale their business. So doing this on a regular routine basis is going to eliminate the problem of, oh my gosh, it's, it's July 1st, it's halfway through the year and I'm 40% behind on my goal. When we learn what our numbers are and how to track our numbers, we know the week that we're off from our goal. Now, of course, what we do with that information is up to us, but there's no real excuse to say, gosh, I didn't know I was gonna have this kind of year. With the numbers, you will always know what kind of year you're having, and then you have the choice and the options on what you'd like to do to correct it. All right, so why do we avoid tracking? Okay, why do we avoid tracking? We're afraid of what the numbers are gonna tell us, right? There's a, a, a group of people that, you know, hey, I, I don't wanna track because I'm afraid to learn the truth about my business and where I'm spending my time and where I'm spending my efforts. I just wanna do what I wanna do and if I get a deal, great, and if I don't, that's okay too. Now, by the way, if that's how you want to run your business, I'm okay with that, but we can't run our business from a place that you know, isn't rooted in data and, and be rigid with the results we expect. If we're rigid with the results we expect, we've gotta be rigid with the process to understand those numbers. Here's another really common one. Analysis paralysis, what do we track? How often do we track? Where do we track? What system do we use? We're gonna get into that a little bit today. It's not gonna be a numbers analyzer tutorial, but there's analysis paralysis around how, where the heck do I even track these? We avoid tracking because in general, those numbers are our performance indicators. We also avoid tracking because the, the, the correlation between tracking and the goals that we wrote down is undefined. The correlation between the goals we wrote down and the numbers is undefined. We don't understand the value of tracking. 
Last but not least, self-accountability is hard. It's always a little bit more enjoyable to finish the week on a high instead of finish the week and say, gosh, I only hit 40% of my intended communication goal. And well, even though I got a listing appointment set, I didn't go on the three that my business plan told me I needed to go on. And so analyzing the numbers and getting deeper with the numbers forces us to look in the mirror of the activity we're doing or not doing. And that can sometimes be a hard conversation. Analysis paralysis looks like I put it on there twice because it's that important. <laughs> our data is talking. What is it saying? What is the data of our business telling us? What I love about this is when we get comfortable with the numbers, it's going to tell us where we should be doubling down on our time, energy, and efforts, and where we might need to reevaluate and pull back. It's telling us where we can be confident in our approach and where we should start second guessing. Most importantly, it's gonna tell us the action we need to take more of or less of. It's my belief that each and every one of you know what to do, but you don't know how important it is. It's my belief that if I asked each and every one of you today what activities should be in your day to win your year, you could tell me. But we lose sight of that with a disconnection to our goal and a disconnection to the time it takes to get there. It's my belief that time is spent poorly when the value of our time is not clearly defined. If you're having a hard time sticking to a schedule, to getting done what you need to get done in a given week, it's because we don't fully understand the value of our time. And we don't fully understand what we're capable of if and when we do understand that value. So I'd actually like to take you guys through an activity and um, I actually had a, a great phone call with Ellie McIntyre this weekend. We did this activity together. I said, Ellie, I've got an idea. We're going to do it from stage, but I want to practice on you first. So uh, she's, she went through this with me, and we, we flushed it out a little bit. And she actually gave me permission to use her actual 2023 numbers in 2024 numbers. So the activity we're going to go through is going to require you to, Jeff, turn to a clean sheet of paper. And have the calculator app open on your phone. I know you guys are sitting here, you're like, Kate, I'm a realtor because I didn't like math. Why are you gonna make me do math? Okay, so get to a clean sheet of paper. We're gonna go through this together. And my goal at the end of this is you're gonna understand the value of your time spent prospecting, but more importantly, you're gonna understand the value of every single conversation you have in your business. The good news is, whether it's a yes or a no. Who here would like to get paid to be rejected? Who here would be more excited to be rejected if you knew that there was a dollar amount attached to the rejection you were getting? So let's go through this together. Step one, what I'd like all of you to do, step one, write down your gross commission income from 2023. 
not post taxes, not post split, write down your gross commission income from 2023. So we're gonna do an example with it. So if you're like, Kate, it's my first year, I don't have, I don't have that yet, that's fine. So here's the example. We're gonna start with 540,000 gross commission income. Not a bad year, Ellie. Love that. Step two, guys, you wrote down your gross commission income. Now what I'd like you to write down, and this is gonna be challenging to get to for a few of you, I'm gonna walk you through how we do that, okay? I want you to write down your organic real estate conversations per week in 2023, contacts per week. Now for some of you, Kate, I track my numbers every day, I talk to 75 people a week, I talk to 100 people a week, you might know what that number is. And for those of you who really don't have a, a want, need, or desire to track, we're probably gonna be estimating a little bit. And I'd like you to split the difference of estimating on the high end and the low end. There's no better or worse in the number you come up with. So the question I'd like you to think about, if you don't know how many people you talk to on a given week, give it your best guess. Is it seven? Is it 10? Is it 25? Is it 75? Give it your best guess. So for Ellie, you know, we had this conversation, and those of you who know Ellie, she runs a great referral database-based business. And so her contacts per week are, uh, what did you say, 15 a day? 15 a day, 75 a week, because they're high-impact, deep conversations. So there's no moral uh, good, bad, right, or wrong around the number of contacts, but it's important that you understand what yours is, because when we understand that number, we can change and manipulate it to get the goals that we'd like. So for this example, Ellie and I had a conversation. She did 75 contacts a week, okay? Maybe some weeks it was a little bit more, maybe some weeks it was a little bit less, but that's the average we got to. Step three. So again, this is where I'm gonna ask you to use your best guess. Write down the time spent per week lead generating. Now again, for some of you, it's, hey, I track every day, I prospect two hours a day, so I get 10, 10 hours a week. For others, it's, well, I, I intend to prospect two hours a day, it really looks more like an hour and a half, sometimes it's an hour. That's okay, average that. I don't wanna know the number you intend it to be, I wanna know the number that it actually is. It's gonna be really important in calculating your dollar per hour. Is it, gosh, Kate, I, I, I really don't, proactively lead generate. I get phone calls in and I handle them. Okay, that's okay. Is that 30 minutes a week? Is it two hours a week? That is still a real estate related conversation. Estimate how much time you spend per week in those real estate related conversations. Okay, so at this point on step one, you should have your gross commission income. Step two, you should have an average weekly contact that you did for 2023. Okay, and for step three, you should have an average understanding of your time spent prospecting. Now, what I'd like you to do is, instead of getting down to like the minutes and the second, keep it in hours. Is it one hour, two hour, five hours? Just round up. If, if you're analytical and it's Kate, it's three hours and you know, 45 minutes, that's fine. Round it up to four, four hours, okay? Write down your time spent per week, lead generating, we should have that down. Okay, step four, and again, this gets tricky, so I'll ask you to be conservative in the number you give. I'd rather you, you give me the worst case scenario than the best, and you'll see how that plays in your favor. 
How many weeks did you work in 2023? Now, on average, right, we, we, you can kind of start this way, right? If you go to two or three major events a year, that's 52 minus three right there. We've got the week of Thanksgiving, the week of Christmas, the week of New Year's. Did you work those? Did you work part of those? Did you take any family vacations? Did you take time off for any other reasons? On average, we kind of have it pretty good. A lot of realtors are, are really, when you get down to it, we're working 40, 42 weeks a year. Maybe 45, if you're really honest. Maybe 48, depends on the season that you're in, but most of us are in that 40 range for weeks worked spent in the business. Okay, so at this point, step four, how many weeks in 2023 did you work? Are you guys sick of doing math yet? We're almost done. What do I point this at, you guys? Okay. Step five. So here's where we're gonna use our calculators, okay? We're gonna calculate the total contacts, the total amount of conversations we had in 2023. How do we do that? Take the weeks you wrote down, multiply it by the contacts you wrote down. So take the weeks you wrote down, in Ellie's case, she worked 40 weeks times 75 contacts per week. So she had 3,000 real estate conversations in 2023. By the way, round of applause. Massive. 3,000, that's massive. Okay, so do that math really quick. Multiply the weeks by the contacts per week and come up with the total contacts made in 2023. You're gonna come back to that number, so circle, start, underline, make sure you have that number clearly written down somewhere. Step six, here's where things get really fun, okay? And it gets fun because the conversation we have is, Kate, I hate prospecting, I avoid prospecting, I would really have so many other things I'd rather be doing or should be doing instead of prospecting. Let's figure out what that costs. Step one, take the GCI that you wrote down and divide it by the weeks worked. Take the GCI you wrote down and divide it by the weeks worked. In this case, we divided 540 by 40 weeks, and that's $600 per week Prospecting. So now divide it, what is that divided by 15? Should have that, okay. Let's talk dollar per contact. So really quick, whatever your dollar per week's prospect it is, we should have a clear understanding of that. Write that down and keep that in our workspace. Now let's get really fun, okay? Step seven, let's figure out how much money we make per contact. You guys, I wanna make sure you're all hearing me. This is per contact, not per yes, not per appointment set, this is per contact. Take your total GCI, the thing you wrote down for step one, Divide it by your average contacts made, which in this case, it's 540 divided by 3,000. 
And let's congratulate Ellie for making $180 for every no she got in 2023. What is your no worth? Each of you have a number you wrote down. That is the number that every no is worth. So when we're talking about prospecting, the question I think to is what is every no worth? And how many no's are you willing to go through to get the yes? Now, do you think all of us would be more excited to spend some diligent time lead generating if we knew that on average, let's say we get 10 contacts an hour, and all 10 of them are no's. According to your gross commission income, Ellie, that hour of lead generating that you might want to avoid is $1,800 in your pocket. For $1,800 an hour, where else can you make that dollar per hour with the freedom, with the flexibility, and with the ability to create anything you want in this industry? Who else makes $1,800 an hour? I don't know, a brain surgeon? I don't know what surgeons get paid. I know it's a lot. What other industry can you make? $1,800 an hour prospecting, even if you get all no's. What I want each and every one of you to do is to understand the value of a no, the value of one hour of lead generation, and put that number everywhere you work. And so when your coworker, John Logan, comes knocking on your door and says, hey, Jay, what's for lunch today? You're going to say, unless you're paying me 1800 bucks this hour, I'll talk to you at 12 o'clock. Which, I don't know, John's a baller. Maybe he would. <laughs> would, you, would you let yourself get distracted if you knew that time is money? So now I guess we could go deeper with this. What's $1,800 divided by 60 minutes in an hour? $30 a minute. Ellie's going to invoice you if you waste her time. Watch it. $30 a minute. That's what your time is worth. The five minutes you catch up during your lead gen time at the water cooler, it's $150. Bucks. The 10 minutes you avoid and you take the long way to the coffee shop, and oh my gosh, did you see that dog? That, those 12 minutes are going to cost you something. $360, exactly. How clear are we on the worth we have in this business? And how willing are we to lean into that value every single day? Now, here's where things should get fun, okay? And this is where we start to create a clear picture for you. At this point, each and every one of us probably have a goal for 2024. So step eight is using your current numbers not, oh, if I became better, not, oh, if I add this source. This is real data based on you doing nothing different. Your skills not changing, you not spending more money, you not adding an additional source. This is if nothing changed in your business. Let's figure out how many contacts you need to make, 
and what that time is worth. So in this example, what I'd like you to do for step eight is write down the gross commission income goal you have for 2024. Now, if you're an agent, you're like, Kate, I don't really keep track of that. I keep track of trans transactions. That's fine. Take your transaction, your transaction goal for 2024, multiply it by your average sales price. That's roughly your gross commission income goal. Okay, in this case, Ellie's gonna smash this goal out of the park of 800,000 GCI in 2024. Now, we have the question of what's it gonna take for Ellie to make 800,000 gross commission income? Well, guys, it all comes down to the conversations we're having. Now, remember, I don't necessarily have a dog in the fight on whether you build your business from Sphere, database, expires, mailers, FISBOs, this, that, and the other. I'm okay with all of that if you guys are okay with that, truly. But either way, if we want our business to grow, it's going to require more belly-to-belly -belly conversations, okay? And so in this instance, 800,000 gross commission income divided by the average dollar per contact Ellie currently makes. Now we divide it by the average dollar per contact because we need to know how many contacts she needs to make to put her on the best path of making 800,000 gross commission income. And so in this case in 2024, we see a pretty healthy jump of going from 3,000 contacts in 2024 to 4,444, okay? It's like a solid, you know, 25, 25, 30% increase. Based on a 40, 40 hour work, or a 40 week, 40 work week year. So what that comes down to is 111 contacts per week, 22 per day. So that's seven additional contacts a day for Ellie to hit her goal. Now, we, we come into this conversation because it's so often where we have a contact goal of 15 a day, 20 a day, 25 a day, and sometimes we're, we're human, right? And we stop short at 18 or 19. Oh, 18 or 19 is good enough, but my goal is 20. Oh, you know, 17, you know, I only got 13 today, but I'll make some up tomorrow. And, and listen, to a point that's fair, and to a point we can do that. But when we understand the numbers, we actually understand that if we shortchange the contacts we get on a daily basis by 20%, we're shortchanging our annual goal by 20%. So every single time you have a, a decision to make around your daily prospecting and contacts, and you decide instead of getting 15, you'd rather get 12, ask yourself, am I okay doing 30% less, or 30% under my goal in 2024? If nothing else changed for Ellie, that's what the numbers are telling us. Are we feeling a little bit more clear on what our time is worth right now? So who wants a raise here? Who would be okay making more money in 2024? Jeff, did you see my hands up? My hands up, Jeff. Okay. Here's the good news. If you're looking for a raise in 2024, go get yourself a raise. How do we do that? Well, there's a couple metrics we look at for a higher uh, dollar per contact, dollar per hour. We could, of course, reduce the contact to deal ratio through skills, right? Instead of Ellie maybe doing 15 contacts a day, 
she could do 10 contacts a day and maintain the same production. She'd get a higher dollar per hour by prospecting less and maintaining. The other metric we could play with is reduce the amount of time it takes to hit that goal, right? Listen, we are all creatively uh, avoiding lead generation at times. And sometimes getting 10 contacts can take us 45 minutes and sometimes it is the longest three hours of prospecting. But when we know the value of our time, we're more diligent with how we spend it. So the second metric we can play with here is reduce the time it takes to get the same results. So this is what we come back to. Both of those are going to require a level of tracking and a level of skills. Okay, both require a level of tracking and a level of skills. So common question, right? What should we be tracking? On a regular, daily, weekly, monthly basis, what should we be tracking to keep track of these numbers? Now, by the way, I'm going to be giving you guys some metrics. A lot of you run sophisticated businesses with marketing strategies, drip campaigns, and it's, it's not as, as black and white as I'm gonna make 10 contacts and set one appointment, okay? And, and I do have uh, tools to figure out your strategies, which we're gonna go over shortly, but the bread and butter that we should start with, regardless of where your business comes from, is, con I'm gonna do all these on the screen so you guys can take a picture if you want. Contacts made per source to appointment set. Contacts made per source for appointment set. If you got a, a deal from your sphere or your database, I want us to get to a place where we can track what conversation, communication, marketing, touch point, or strategy, and how many of them did we do to get that deal? Appointments set to appointments gone on. And depending on the market, this number is going to change. In a market like right now, we would expect more fallout. We would expect people to be a little bit less excited to buy or sell. And so what that might look like is you set four appointments, you go on three. You set four appointments, you go on two. You set two appointments, you go on one, right? It's important to start tracking the appointments that you set and the appointments that you go on. Now, in, in our coaching clients, this is always a number that, depending on how you define an appointment, could have a potential to mess up your ratio. So I'm gonna give you guys this metric. If we're counting it as an appointment set to an appointment gone on, I want to make sure that if we're calling it an appointment, They've got to be signing a contract with somebody within a few weeks, okay? And, and, and listen, what, what I mean by that is if you need to go out and meet with a seller because they're not going to be ready for six months, that's okay. Still go do that meeting, but don't call it a listing appointment because if you know that there's something holding them back from signing a contract with you or somebody else, meaning... Kids got to graduate high school, waiting on a job transfer. Like, meaning they're not signing a contract with anybody. Define it as something else. Call it like a meet and greet. Because if you call it an appointment and you don't get the appointment signed, but the opportunity to get it signed wasn't there, that ratio is going to count against you. So be very careful on your definition of an appointment. One of the, the questions we ask our coaching clients in order to help determine, is this a, an appointment you want to build your ratio around, yes or no, is, is this person signing a contract with somebody? Whether it's you or another agent down the street, are they selling their house this month? 
If we can answer yes to that, then that's an appointment we have a chance of converting to a deal right now. If they're not in a position to sign and get started, that's okay, still go on that, but for the sake of your own ratios, don't count it as an appointment. Does that make sense, everybody? Say yes, okay, good deal. So appointments gone on to appointments signed, appointments gone on to appointments signed. Assuming the appointments you go on are going to be signing with somebody, what is the ratio of our appointments gone on to our appointments signed? Here's why we need to know this number. If you're setting five appointments a week and only getting one of them, it's a skills issue. And we need to look at what are you saying, how are you saying it, what are you presenting with the stats, and how can we help dial that part of the presentation in so we can help get your ratio up from one out of five to ideally higher than that. When we can understand the appointments gone into appointments signed, we can start to hone in a little bit more on where we need to focus our skill work. Okay? In some cases, maybe it's, hey, I need to put together a better value prop. In a lot of cases right now, we're working on presentation of price. Let's be honest, how many of us actually had to present price two years ago? You could throw it up there and it's going to sell. We didn't have to be that firm with price. We're now entering a market where we've got to get really comfortable with the prices we're giving people, how we present that data. And by the way, even if the data's right and you knock it out of the park, they might still choose to hold off or not sign. That's okay. But we have to know why we're winning with appointments and why we're losing. That ratio is going to tell us. Next, we look at appointments or appointments signed to listings sold. Now, we just talked about this this morning in Coffee with Coaches that naturally in markets like right now, there's going to be a little bit of fallout. We're going to go over Jeff's uh, Glover U gold standard ratios, but typically we buffer anywhere from 10 to 15% in, in really challenging markets. I remember 08, 09, I think it was like 20%. One out of five isn't gonna sell, right? Now, that doesn't mean it's not saleable, but if their motivation doesn't match where the market is, they may decide not to sell. We have to be prepared for that reality in our business. Appointment signed to listing sold. What is that ratio? So that's gonna tell us, you guys, how many appointments we need to set in order to do the business we wanna do for a given year. We also should be keeping track of sources per deal. Where did this come from? What activity did I do that caused my phone to ring or caused this appointment to be set? So because this is a common question, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this, what do we use, Kate? How do we track our numbers? So um, there's a lot of different tools out there. One of them, which is included with one-on-one, -on -one, is Sisu. It's a digital numbers analyzer. It's fairly user-friendly. Several of you use it. Um, and I'm sure there's other numbers analyzers out there that maybe work better, different. I know you can analyze your numbers in certain CRMs. When it comes to systems, I, I personally try not to make a, a specific recommendation. And the system I recommend is the system you're going to use. So if it's a spreadsheet, if it's a piece of paper, if it's the Glover U Planner, because oh, by the way, you can write down your numbers in the Glover U Planner, that's okay. It doesn't have to be a fancy system. In fact, a really easy way to stay on top of tracking your numbers is to buffer time at the end of your work week, whether that's Friday or Saturday, and just calculate in this given week 
How much time did I spend prospecting? How many conversations did I have? How many appointments did I set? How many contracts did I sign? If nothing else, that information will paint a picture on what we need to do to improve in 2024. So like I said, we're gonna go over the Glover U Gold Standards. Now, before I put these up here, I already know. The analyticals in the crowd, they're gonna be like, well, that's not my ratio, well, I could do better at that, and I've never had that ratio. That's okay. These numbers come from 15 plus years of Jeff studying agents, Jeff and his numbers, Glover Agency's numbers, as well as what we have found to be true for all of our one-on-one -on -one clients, regardless of their market. Now, here's the good news. If these ratios aren't your ratios, that tells me you know your numbers. And if your ratios are better than this, by all means. But when we're talking about what is the gold standard ratio per source, per effort, per activity, this is what we should be working on our skills towards. This is what we should be striving towards. Okay, we've got FISBOs. On average, five contacts to one appointment set. Expired, on average, 10 contacts to one appointment set. Guys, now when we call this the gold standard, it's because the best of the best, the Jeffs and the Justins out there that are prospecting regularly, this is what they do. <coughs> now I know Justin somewhere in here, he's like, Kate, my numbers are better than that. And he's probably right, right? But this is what the best of the best is doing time and time again. Expired, send contact, one appointment. Proactive, open house. Now this is where Ellie's gonna throw a dart at me and say she gets more than that. On average, right, if you're working a proactive open house, you could meet with 15 people to get a solid buyer lead, potential buy-sell. Now, are there open houses where you get a ton and nothing? Sure. Are there open houses where you get three people that come through and all three buy? Sure. On average, we're looking at around 15 contacts to one appointment set. Oops, wait, I gotta go back. Don't do anything with that yet. Okay. Past client center of influence, 20 contacts made to one appointment set. Yes, this heavily depends on your database plan, what you're doing, how you're doing it. Ellie McIntyre, she's gotta be what, one-to-one? -one. Everybody she talks to is gonna do a deal with Ellie, right? So it's, you have to know your unique numbers, but on average, past client center of influence, 20 to one, right? Now, it could be a deal with them or a referral that comes in because of them. Paid internet leads, we could do a whole segment on this, so we're not gonna get in the weeds on which sources, how they perform, how we maximize that, but in general, those working paid internet leads to the highest degree, meaning they call when they need to call, they're following a script, they're skilled, and they're asking for the appointment, not, oh, they're calling when they get to it. We could expect to see 25 contacts to one appointment set. It, honestly, I think that could be a little bit lower uh, but I think 25 contacts to maybe one deal, one deal signed is probably more accurate. John, would you say that's accurate? Okay. Door knocking database touch, okay? What should we be expecting with door knocking database touch? Again, studying the door knockers out there, I did it myself, 50 contacts to one appointment set. Okay, 50 contacts to one appointment set. Drip campaigns and mailers, this is my favorite. Well, Kate, I have everybody on a drip campaign. Okay, well, these are the numbers, if you're gonna send out mailers, roughly 250, maybe 275 touches to one reach out. That means if you're gonna mail a neighborhood of 250 to you know, 300, you should expect somebody to reach out because of that mailer. Now again, 
what's on the mailer, what's, the, what's causing people to call you. There's ways to tweak and manipulate that, but if we're talking bare bones, that's the standard we should aim for. And if you're above that, that's fantastic. So the next slide I'm gonna show you, there's, there's gonna be a lot going on, okay? And I'm gonna share with you guys how we use this at Glover U, how we use this at Glover Agency, and there's a QR code that you can take a picture of and download it and go through it in your own time, okay? Because now that we understand what those gold standard ratios are, now we get to really think about if we need to get 15 contacts a day, based on my goal, where should those contacts actually be coming from? Because if you guys prospect, you know that 15 database calls and 15 expired calls are two different ball games, am I right? Which one would we rather do? Kind of the database, right? It's a little bit more fun. And, and because of that, there's a different ROI we can expect based on the source. And once we get clear on the ROI for a given source, we then get to put our daily contact plan together based on the goals we have. Is, everyone, is that making sense? Okay, cool. So we're gonna go over this. You can take a photo, download the QR code. I'm gonna share with you guys how we use this. So in the last six months, we came up with what we call the pathway to payday. Now, um, this is something I, I introduced to a small group of our, our biggest fans at Coach's Retreat. And for those of you who know, Jeff, Jeff alluded to this yesterday. We, we like to invite 15 to 20 of our longtime clients, you know, VIPs, and get them in a room with the content that we're gonna be sharing with the, the audience on a large scale. And, and we trial the content, we, we trust them, and we say, hey, poke some holes in this. Why would this work? Why wouldn't this work? What are we missing here? And we almost try to do like a, like a think tank on making sure that what we wanna put out there to you guys is real for the people who are actually working it every single day. And so we've trialed this a few times and we got some really great feedback from our uh, attendees that were at Coach's Retreat. And, and we've ran with this enough to know that this thing has some legs. So how do we use this, right? So before you, you start getting in the weeds on this, I want you to understand you can use this a couple ways. Number one, as a solo agent or somebody looking to grow their business, you know what you can expect from your efforts in that lead gen matrix. So what I want you guys to notice here is we've outlined the source, the time, and when you see time, what I mean is zero to 30 days, 30 to 60 days, 60 to 90 days, the time it would take for you to likely procure a deal from that source. That's what we mean by time. Time to your payday, time to your paycheck, okay? We're gonna talk about whether it's a proactive or a passive approach. Now when I say that, there's no negativity around it being proactive or passive. What I mean is, did you pick up the phone and do an effort or make a call, or did your phone ring inward? One of those we can control, one of those we can't. Next, we put a column together. Is it high, medium, or low skill? And again, I'm not saying that it doesn't take skill, but when we talk about stepping in the ring and calling expireds and calling your database, those are two different levels of skills that you need to set an appointment. So we understand where our skills need to be to get to those golden ratios. And then of course, which we went over, the conversion and ratios. So here's how we use this. Number one, we use this tool so you can have a be honest with yourself on where you should be spending your time lead generating 
for the deals that you want to do. Now, yesterday, Jeff said one of his goals when he was selling 100 homes a year, he had to have eight pending at any given time, eight pending, eight pending, eight pending. Okay. So how this shows up is when agents are hard charging for 100 deals, they need eight pending per month, and it's January, and they only have four pending, and it's halfway through the month. Okay, fair enough. In coaching, we need to decide where you need to spend your lead gen efforts to give you the highest and best chance to fill that gap. And so if I'm four under my transaction goal for the month of January, and there's two weeks left, Based on the pathway to payday, where does it make most sense for me to spend my time? I could send out a million drip campaigns, or I could get in the trenches and call some FISBOs and expireds. And the question becomes, who's most likely to sign a contract now? And so when we ask the question, Kate, where should I, where should I be spending my time? I go back to, how many transactions do you need to have pending in a given month, and what activities do you need to be taking based on this to bridge that gap? Let's get clear on the work we need to be doing, not just work really, really hard where we want to. When we've got this kind of clarity, we're in the driver's seat of our production. We no longer have to wait for the deals that are offered to us. So I'm going to change slides, so if anyone needs to take a picture of it, you are more than welcome to. Save it, download it. We have this up in our office. And for the agents who are struggling to find their next deal, we ask them, based on the timeline in which you need to get paid, where can you afford to spend your time? Well, Kate, I got, I got some reserves, so I don't really need to go after expireds. I can afford to wait 60 or 90 days to get paid. Okay, great. Then let's work on some door knocks. Let's work on some drip campaigns. It's all good. But for the agents who are like, Kate, I got 30, 45 days to figure something out. Tell me what to do. We're having a different conversation. And it's closer to that center bullseye than further out. What I want you guys to see in this is that the center bullseye is green. It's the dollar sign. The source you work closest to that is the straightest path forward to making your paycheck and hitting your goals. Does that make sense? So we ultimately have to ask ourselves, by when do we need our next deal? And how long can I afford to work the sources I'm currently working? OK, everybody got it? All right, good. Yes? Scan this one. OK, so we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about, well, Kate, you know, I don't work expired FISBOs for sale by owners. How do I take the business that I do, the qualitative business, to quantitative, OK? Now, I don't have a specific formula for each and every one of you because I don't know the metrics of your business. But if I'm you, here's the questions I'm asking myself every single day, every single week. When you set an appointment with a client, I don't care where they come from. I don't care if you ran into them at the coffee shop or at the gym. What efforts or activities can you tie it back to? Where did you show up? What conversation did you have? How many times did you show up to the coffee shop before they knew you? What efforts or activities can you tie it back to? The next question I'd like to ask is, based on that, what is the current process that we're using to track our success? What efforts are we keeping track of and how? 
I had a great conversation with Tara Carter this weekend too. She's another one, by the way. Ellie and Tara, and we talk about qualitative relationship-based businesses, never picking up the phone and calling expireds. It's both these gals, and I know there's a handful of you out there. And by the way, they're both wildly successful in their markets. But they have a strategy. Tara's a master. She does uh, what's called networking stacks. So she's in the hot pink right here. Raise your hand, Tara. If you have a chance to connect with her, learn about what she calls her networking stacks. And Tara has a goal to give five referrals a week, five business-to-business -business referrals a week, in hopes to get one back. She knows how many she needs to give to get one. She knows how many comments she writes on social media, how many words per comment, and when. Ellie knows how many people are gonna sign up for an event, how many are gonna give her a referral, and, and she knows her numbers around that. The next thing we ask going from qualitative to quantitative is based on what you wrote down above, how often are we evaluating and tweaking the results of those efforts? Okay, from qualitative to quantitative, here's an example I'll ask you guys to maybe take a picture of this because this is the formula, the things, the metrics you should be tracking of the qualitative efforts in making it quantitative, okay? What is the activity? In this example, we'll say mailers. What is the frequency of activity? How often are we doing it? Well, once a month. What is the reach of the activity? Well, I mail a 500 home neighborhood once a month. What's the duration of that activity? Well, I mail a 500, neighborhood, uh, 500 home neighborhood once a month for six months. And based on that, how many inbound phone calls did you get? Now, here's the thing. I, I, I draw the line at tracking incoming leads. Because once it's an incoming lead, it's up to you to set that appointment. It's not the source's problem if it's giving you five leads and you don't have an appointment. It's doing its job. We gotta ask ourselves if we can't set an appointment of those five leads, that's a skill thing, right? But if we're tracking the ROI of an activity, we track the opportunities that come from it, not the contract signed or the, the deals done because of it, because that's a whole separate bag of worms, okay? Now, the other, the other thing here which makes this complex is what are the additional activities we've done to layer in, okay? What other marketing and strategy is this coexisting with, right? So Ralph and Holly, they have a great farm that they, they work in a great database, and, and so, when they do business from their neighborhood, they, they're sending out you know, monthly mailers, just solds, they're selling out market reports, they do a 4th of July pool party, um, and you know, they're, they're, you know, a lot of the kids in the neighborhood, they play together. So it would be really hard to say that the deals they get from their farm is just from one of those events. But it's important to understand the, the layers of impact we have and by when that usually pops. Right, by when that phone rings. Oh, okay, I did a mailer, a client event, and usually in that order, by the third month, I'm getting two or three calls. We can track that. So here's another idea. I'd like you guys to take a picture of this. Let's get in the habit of asking our clients. We don't have to guess. One of the things that you guys as Glover U clients probably see when you sign up for either coaching or an event, where did you hear about us? Where did you last see us? What was the last piece of marketing, social media content, phone call you got from us? Check all that apply. 
mailer, client gift, email, phone, where did you remember seeing us? Because we might think it was our amazing client event that got them in the door when they're like, man, I'm just following your stories online. Now we have a better understanding of our ROI. Own your numbers. Regardless of where your business comes from, for us to own our numbers, we have to get crystal clear on the value of our time, which I'm hopeful that each and every one of you are now clear on. To own our numbers, we have to get crystal clear on the value of every conversation we have. Whether it's a no, whether it's a get lost, whether it's a come on over, what's the value of that conversation? Are we showing up to those conversations with the value that they're worth? We also have to spend some time getting clear on what's working in our business. What's worked? What could be improved? By the way, they just like me isn't an answer. And if you know this one, you know I'm talking to my dad, Ron. They work with me because they like me. By the way, and I know that I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time here, several of you have come up to me, thank you, and have shared with me that you've got to meet my lovely parents this week. Raise your hand, parents. They're here today. And well, <laughs> by the way, my, my parents come to all these events. They help set up. It's a, whole, it's a whole family thing here. You know, Jeff's mom, stepdad come. Um, you know, Taylor's mom usually is here. And so, um, you know, I've gotten better at trying not to be embarrassed that the largest work events in my career, my parents are there. But here's what I'll say, okay? For all the stories they tell you, don't tell me. I don't need to know that my dad told you about the time that I booked a flight from Panama City, Panama instead of Panama City Beach. I don't need to know that, okay? <laughs> and so I, I'm fortunately moving to a season of life where I can appreciate the fact that my parents are here and they're with us today. So I wanted to do a special tribute to make sure they're here. All right, guys, we're going to bring it home with win your year. Jeff's going to go into this. Based on the numbers we need to do to hit our production goal, we need to create a morning schedule that reflects the value of your time and the contacts you need to be getting. Put boundaries and standards in place that reflect that value. If every minute of your morning is worth $30, do you really need to go get that coffee right now? Is that coffee is worth $300 if it takes you 15 minutes. Better be some darn good coffee. Create a lead generating strategy or plan based on the data your business is telling you. Regardless of the golden ratios, create a lead gen strategy based on your ratios. Last but not least, guys, create a skill-based plan based around the golden ratios. If you're setting five appointments a week but only taking one, what is the skill plan we can put together around that, those ratios to get you closer to your goal in 2024? So I'll ask you guys this. What are your numbers telling you? And what's your number for 2024? Let's get clear on that and have an absolutely kick-ass year.
Thank you.